Hey everyone, welcome back to Podside Picnic. What you're about to hear is a preview of our latest exclusive episode. If you want to hear the rest, become a patron at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you do become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month, as well as to our patrons-only Discord chat, where the Podsider community, as well as Pete and myself, get together to nerd out about science fiction and whatever else. So, check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks, and enjoy. Okay, in this section, uh, our hero is uh, in an area where a particular, let's call it an alien fungus, has all bloomed at the same time, uh, filling parts of Southern California with about six feet of sugary powder that if you breathe into it, basically instantly gives you black lung. He's in a crashed helicopter. It wasn't until late that the bugs finally cleared off the turret bubble well enough so I could see them clearly. The sunlight was slanting directly into the rear of the chopper, and there were only pink streaks left on the clear canopy of the bubble to suggest that the ship had once been covered with the dust. The insect things were very tiny. Most of them were nothing more than little white specks. Few of them were enough to have, uh, for big enough to have features. I had to strain my eyes to see them at all. I called the lizard. Have you got a surveillance camera? I've got a couple of electronics. That'll do. Let me have one, please. She passed it up. Oh, good. It's a Sony. For once, the army didn't buy cheap. I'll show you a a trick I learned. You can dial these down for incredible close-ups. We used to use them in school as portable microscopes. I braced myself and focused the camera on the insect things on the surface of the bubble. The lighting was perfect. The afternoon sunlight was coming in sideways. The detailing on the image was ideal. The little bugs were white and powdery, and then the instant of recognition hit me. I felt my relief like a shot of Irish whiskey. I started giggling. What's so funny? I closed the shutter and dropped out of the bubble. I was laughing so hard I started coughing. I had to sit down on the floor of the chopper and wait for the spell to pass. I coughed so hard I thought I could see through my chest. I was on fire inside. The cough aggravated the pain. The pain aggravated the cough. I couldn't catch my breath. The coughing only stopped when I ran out of strength. I came to with an O mask on my face and Lizard looking at me worriedly. I held one hand up weakly to show I was all right. My whole body felt pink. But something was happening. I was suddenly feeling at peace. No, I was feeling high, almost hallucinatory. It was like I could see inside myself. Maybe I'd run out of adrenaline. Maybe it was endorphin overload. And maybe there was nothing left to feel. But whatever it was, it didn't hurt anymore. McCarthy, Lizard was getting annoyed. What is it? I rolled over to my side and pulled myself onto my hands and knees. Come up front, I'll show you. The bugs were clearly visible on top of the windscreen. I handed her the camera. Look, do you recognize them? She peered up at the windshield through the eyepiece. No, you should. You saw Dr. Zimp's slides. Will you tell me what they are? Those are baby pipe cleaner bugs. They're absolutely harmless to human beings. 
These and the cotton candy are the only two Choran species that are not directly dangerous to us, and we've been hiding here in the chopper, terrified all day. By tomorrow morning, they'll have cleaned the entire ship off. There won't be a speck of dust anywhere on the aircraft. I sat down in the co-pilot's seat again, feeling terrific, a big silly smile on my face. We're going to be all right. Lizard sat down across from me, looking relieved and relaxed for the first time today. We're really not in any danger? Not in the slightest. I feel like such a jerk. Lizard laughed. We should celebrate. Do you want a beer? You've got more beer? In the cooler by your feet. I pulled the top open. Geez, you don't travel light, do you? She spread her hands apologetically. You can never tell when you're going to be buried in cotton candy. Hand me one. Thanks. We sat back in our seats and watched the bugs work on the windshield, pass the camera back and forth. Lizard said, you're a biologist, aren't you? I never got my degree. That wasn't the question. All right, yes, I'm as much a biologist as anyone is these days. Thanks. Okay, so tell me, what's going on? I can make a guess. The pipe cleaner bugs hatch on the same day as the puffballs exploding. The puffballs are their primary food. But why so many? The scale of this is enormous. Uh Uh-huh, I agreed. It's a great breeding strategy for the bugs. Have zillions of offspring. That guarantees that enough will survive to breed the next generation. Another thought occurred to me then. Of course, that's a Terran explanation. The Katoran explanation may be something else entirely. What do you mean by that? It's just a guess. Remember how Dr. Zimpf said that what we were seeing was really the advance guard? That some extraterrestrial agency was obviously trying to chorathform the planet? Yeah. So? Well, I've been thinking. Suppose we humans were taking, were going to terraform Mars or some other nearby world. Would we take our entire ecology? Probably not. No, we'd only take those creatures suited for the kind of environment, climate, and terrain we're moving into. In fact, we wouldn't even take the full spectrum of creatures. We'd only fill the ecological niches that we need to support our own survival. What are you getting at? Okay, we take a couple of species of grass and grain, earthworms, rabbits, foxes to keep the rabbits in check, cows, ducks, chickens, and so on. That is, we wouldn't take those species that aren't immediately useful to us. We wouldn't bother with mosquitoes, termites, rhinoceri, or three-toed sloths. I bet the Cthorans have done the same thing. That's why the puffballs and the pipe cleaner bugs have experienced population explosions. There aren't the usual wide range of predators present to feed on them. At least not yet. Maybe they'll come later. Hmm, said Lizard. She took a drink from the can of beer and then leaned forward and tapped on the window. What's this, she asked. She was pointing at a larger, darker speck. I looked. The speck was round and black and very busy. That's the creature that feeds on the baby pipe cleaner bugs, I said. Well, that didn't take long, she said. There's your first predator. She peered through the camera. It looks like a spider, only it's got too many legs. Well, if it's a Cthoran, it's a mouth on wheels. There's another, and another. It's nearly dusk. The night feeders are coming out. I bet we'll be seeing more of those. And this, pointed lizard? What are these? She passed me the camera. I looked where she pointed. The creatures looked like red-striped silverfish. They made me think of millipedes. These were the microsize, or maybe the larvae. Obviously, these are the bugs that feed on the bugs that feed on the pipe cleaner bugs. I shifted my attention to a thing that looked like a fingernail-sized amoeba. Incredible. It was enveloping one of the silverfish. You know what we have here? Box seats. We're seeing a whole slice of the Cthoran ecology. 
I'm not sure these are box seats, said Lizard. We're seeing it from the bottom. Best place to see it from. None of the details are lost, I said. I moved higher up the window. Look, see that? Remember that one? That's a Nightwalker. I'll stop there. So, I have never read a series which has designed an interlocking ecology with as much intelligent detail as Mr. Gerald has done in these books. 